This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Here he is. Get ready for the trumpets. Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Hey, good morning. Yeah, glad to be back in town. We were up in Coeur d'Alene, and folks, if you ever get a chance to head up there, there's a trail called the Hiawatha Trail. Yeah. And it's a 15- Led by the original Hiawatha. Exactly. Every time you go on a bike ride, he's there. She. She. Uh, the trail <laughs> Or was is, it a he? It, no, it was a he. Uh, I yeah. think you're right. Uh, it's 15 mile roadbed, a railroad bed goes through about eight or nine or ten tunnels. The first tunnel is a mile long. You walk this? Oh no, you ride bikes. I see. It's a bike trail, and I had all 28 of my kids up there. 28? Not my kids and grandkids oh. on bikes, and you have to have hands. headlamps or flashlights because those tunnel. The first tunnel is a mile long, and you can't see the end. So everybody has headlamps on to make it through. But it was absolutely beautiful. Well, now, is the surface for bike riding, is it amenable to bike riding? Oh, yeah. Or is it's, it pretty hard pedaling? It, no, it's gradually downhill. And and it's just kind of like packed gravel. Oh, really? It's just packed and just easy riding. So if you fall, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, you're still going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. But, folks, if you get a chance to make that bike ride, do it. You said Beautiful. it was great, and I, I respect that. By the way, do we have any thank yous? You know, I forgot to check my computer this morning, but oh. there were a couple, that, and we'll do it next week. I'll okay. have them next week. Uh, real quick regroup from last week. John LeMay in New Mexico was outstanding talking about Good. the Lincoln County War and Billy the Kid, and last week was their celebration and everything. He really was good. Good. Well, he's written some great books. Yeah. So, yeah, appreciate him taking over. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about a wagon train. And so it's 1867. So it's... uh, That was the year you were born. Right there. It's a hot day, July. And so the sun's pouring down on in northern Montana in the Milk River Valley. And on the distant rim surrounding this slow ox-drawn outfit appeared hundreds of gross ventra Indians and their Blackfeet allies. Mm. So you got this picture. Here's the wagon train. And up on the hill, there, there are the Indians. They were all in battle dress, about 600 to 1,000 Indians. So you can imagine panic and confusion swept the immigrants. Uh, now, where was this? Up in Montana and along the Milk River area. The train captain, his name is John Davy, and I'll be talking about him. So he corralled the wagons for a last stand, a desperate defense, and uh, another guy by the name of Nicholas 
Hilger. Uh, he'd been to Montana previously in 1864. So they're kind of the two main guys that we're going to talk about. Hilger so this is a wagon train. Yeah. yeah. And there's how many people on the wagon train? I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get to that, okay. actually. But uh, the, the family heads of, in the wagon train had gathered with Hilger and, and Captain Davy to assess the crisis, you know, and you can imagine the dust, uh, the wagons, uh, the horses, all the animals. And so far, the Indians had not moved. Now, they were, there, were, uh, there were not enough fighting men in the wagon train. They didn't have enough. Uh, so they were obviously well outnumbered. That's got to kind of curdle your milk a little yeah. bit to look up on a hill and see a thousand Indians. Exactly. So suddenly the heavily armed mounted Indians in full war paint started moving into the valley. Uh-oh. It was then that Hilger conceived of a daring and imaginative idea. And you're never going to guess this one. He ran. No. Home. He quickly summoned the members of the brass band, which had been organized at the beginning of the westward march. They assembled in the square formed by the circle wagons, and on his instructions began blaring out the loudest military marches that they knew. Wait a minute. You mean he got a hold of Lawrence Welk and they chased the Indians away? You just keep listening. (laughs) So you got the picture. Here's the Indians coming. Wagons are circled, and the band is playing. All right? Uh-huh. Now, would the music soothe the Indians? Well, the immigrants could only wait and see, and it seemed extremely doubtful, because when the Indians rode off uh, the slopes into the valley, they burst into a gallop of thundering hooves straight at the, uh, the whites. And the band's playing. And the band's playing on. Now, Hilger had organized the train of, and here's what you asked, 150 wagons and 24 families early in 1867. So it was a big wagon train. Uh, They had 160 unmarried men that were trying to get to the Montana goldfields, and they joined up uh, to work their passage by handling the ox-drawn wagons for the immigrants. So you still had quite a few people, but still not enough. Now, at the start, Davy was elected train captain. A large number of musicians had brought their instruments along. Hilger personally organized them into a band. They had three guides and knew the uh, route where water and stuff was located, where the best grass. So a lot of nights along the dusty trail, the band gave concerts and provided music for dancing and stuff, entertainment. Uh, the train followed the north side of the Missouri to the mouth of Milk River. Now, that, again, that's right up close to the Canadian border. Right, yeah. uh, this was a country inhabited by several tribes of hostile Indians, the Bloods, the Pigeons, the Blackfeet, Sioux, Crows, the Assinibans, as well as the unpredictable Gros Ventres. Uh, however, almost every day, small groups of friendly Indians would appear riding along with the wagons. Now, buffalo were a constant nuisance. Uh, on any one day, a dozen to 20 herds of these animals were in sight. Uh, ranged from a few hundred to thousands. So this is back when there were still lo- millions of buffalo. Mm-hmm. A number of times the buffalo came toward the wagon on a run, but fortunately they swerved to one side before they ran into them. But yeah, fortunate. on one occasion, a bunch of about 100 old bulls refused to be diverted and charged directly at the train. They hit the train. Some smashed into the sides of some of the wagons. Some of them were overturned, but not, not a lot of damage. You don't act like it was any big deal. How would well, you like to be on a wagon? They got run over by buffalo. I know. Well, at other times, a large herd crossing before the train's course forced them to hold up for a while. But uh, And there was an older uh, Indian chief of the Blood uh, tribe. Uh, he came by, and he gave Hilger a friendly warning. 
He says, now just three days more, and the immigrants would enter a territory where Indians were hostile. Oh. So, you know, so he was trying to help him out. Okay. However, there had been no trouble before the sudden surround in Milk River Valley. Then, while the band blared on, other men of the train positioned themselves in and under the wagons. All their uh, firearms were loaded. They were determined, but they realized, too, that if the Indians attacked, they'd be overrun. This is like the Titanic. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is. Before riding within rifle shot range, the the racing Indians swung into a great circle around the wagons. You know, can, you can imagine the dust kicked up by all these pony hooves uh, clouded into the sky. Uh, not more than three rounds of the immigrants were made before the Indians dropped from a run into a trot. Okay. Can you imagine? So they were running around. Now they're slowing to a truck. And, and the, the people in the wagon train hadn't shot yet. No. Huh. So during this, the bandsmen continued to valiantly pour forth their brassy notes. Uh, Did it, they take time to tune their instruments? No. I see. It's doubtful that the Indians and, their, and the Blackfeet allies even heard them until their own yelling and noise had kind of quit. Oh. And as it did so, the encircling riders slowed. Uh, certainly, the band's uh, martial music echoed, echoed, you know, far into the uh, light breeze. In about ten minutes, the Indians stopped completely, turned their ponies' heads toward the immigrant wagons. So the Indians were circling the wagon train on a gallop, then and, a trot, and then they slowed and now down. They stopped. And now they're listening to the band, and then they raised their hand and were making requests. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> People in the train stared at the Indian riders, hopefully when no sudden hostile movement occurred. Actually, the Indians were amazed, as they said afterwards in Fort Benton, they were fully bent on wiping out the entire train, but could not understand this peculiar way of making war. They knew all immigrants would fight, but never before had they been serenaded by band music. And the question, was this some kind of new and powerful medicine that foreordained their destruction? Until finding out what it was, they were not willing to risk an attack. You're kidding. So so about a half, uh, perhaps about a half an hour had elapsed. The band still was blurring away when one of the war chiefs concluded to send in a delegation. So a racing rider was sent over to the river to bring back six Indian women. Since it was unlikely that the women would be fired on, they were sent to the wagon train. The Indian women rode slowly forward. Hilger stepped out between two wagons with his right hand held high in the air. In the powerful, uh, the signal of peaceful intentions, the band kept right on playing. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, after, You've got to hand it to that band. Yeah. They I mean, had to that be a little took nervous. courage, yeah. Yeah, they had to be a little nervous. Anyway, after consideration of the situation, the Indian women, in their fringed buckskin and beads, dismounted. A young man from the train stepped up to hold their ponies. Um, 
Let me make sure I get the right part. Then Hilger and Captain Davy came forward to conduct the unexpected uh, envoy inside the circled wagons. Now, of course, nobody could speak their language, and they couldn't speak uh, English language. So okay? what did they do? Well, uh, words were not necessary. The white women approached them, kind of trying to hide their fear of the Indians. But the Indian women seemed completely fascinated by the group of musicians in the center of the circle. Don't tell me they started playing. There was, they'd never stopped, Jeb. They're still going. No, I mean the Indian <laughs> oh, women, yeah. No, well, without let-up, you know, they, they just kept playing with hardly a pause Holy between God. one marching number and the next. The band just kept blowing steadily. Well, presents were made of red cloth, beads, sugar, and tobacco. The Indian women accepted these things, and while indicating their thanks, they could not remove their enthralled attention from the noisy music makers. The agitated musicians made an incredible lot of noise, maybe not always in tune. Well, who cares? (laughs) That's right. Well, the Indian women uh, turned away. They'd come to see what was going on, and having viewed the scene, they must obey orders to return and report. So Hilger uh, still held little hope that the attack had been anything but delayed, and every man in the train wondered what would happen next, and the the band played on. (laughs) The band played on. Now, <laughs> there's Lawrence saying, oh, and then a two, and yeah, a three. Here we go. So carrying only their feather-decorated crested lances, seven chiefs and warrior leaders rode slowly forward. Oh, my. The lances were held high as a token of peaceful intent. Nevertheless, the band kept playing military marches. Hilger met the Indians coming in. The Indian riders stared down at him, all the while listening to the bugles and the trumpets. Then they slid from their ponies' backs, advanced to offer a handshake in greeting, and this was a pretty good sign, don't you think? Well, yeah, but it's also a right guard moment. Yeah, because <laughs> there were some people sweating. So, uh, anyway, they turned, they stepped between two wagons and entered the square to see the band. And this is a, the a square of 150 wagons? Yeah, so it was big, Ooh. you know. Now, never afterwards was Hilger or any other member of the train able to account for what happened. The warriors who had followed the Indian women on uh, on an inspection tour merely turned around and retreated. Okay, so they left. Now, the crisis was not over. And the band played on. And the band played. These the guys band are getting pretty lip sore right yeah. now. So the next time, a bunch of warriors, undoubtedly leading men, came to the circle train. While they listened to the blasts and the wails of the music, they were fed and given presents. Now, meanwhile, Hilger uh, detected uh, 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 a little bit of a change among the mounted warriors. <clears throat> uh most of them had approached within 100 feet of the wagons where they could hear the band music better. Uh, but pretty soon, uh, the children, the teepee furnishings, uh, they walked right inside the ring of wagons. So the Indian women, their kids, the warriors, they were so, so coming right up. we're talking about 1,000 Indians inside the circle. Yeah. The women and children laughed and talked to the immigrants in a language, of course, no one understood. So oh, if got one, guy, one guy would have screwed oh. up, it would have been terrible. Yeah. Now, Hilger now had another fear. How to feed all these Indians waiting to take turns visiting the wagon train. Oh, my. Because they were feeding them. Oh, my. Now, perhaps one of the chiefs realized that so few white people could not entertain the, the, all these Indians while uh, waiting beyond the wagons. At any rate, some sort of order was given that dissolved them into small groups 
dismounted, the Indians started fires roasting buffalo meat as the rest of the Indian women, children, and the old people who had remained out in the valley joined the warriors. It turned into a Thanksgiving. It did. So it was only then, near sundown, that Hilger could safely assure himself that his idea had won the day and saved the train from destruction. It was, in fact, the most unusual event which ever took place involving a much superior force of Indians bent on taking the warpath. It's too bad Custer didn't have a band. (laughs) Well, he did, but I think they were too far behind. (laughs) So, you know, droves of Indians came and went from the camp, but there was not a single hostile move made. Really? You got this picture, Zed? I do, but, you know, there's a question there you need to discuss a little bit. Okay. The fear factor of having literally a thousand Indians come into your camp and take over. It's amazing that there wasn't somebody that got really scared and pulled the trigger. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, you know, as we've talked about other stories of this happening, a lot of times some of the Indians might try to steal something. Yeah. And that did not take place either. Then you would have problems. Yeah, exactly. So... Again, no hostility, nothing. It just seemed, like you said, a big Thanksgiving dinner with buffalo meat. Holy cow. Now, one of the chiefs brought in ten ponies loaded with freshly killed buffalo meat. And this was immediately placed on hot coals and ashes to roast. The Indian women brought their babies in, carrying cradles to show to the white women while examining the few white babies. Because they'd never seen, you know, a white uh, infant. And anyway, by dawn, uh, before the last of the Indians uh, had satisfied their curiosity, they departed the camp, the camp train. And so it went on all night long. Yeah. Until the next morning. Yes. And nobody got no. hurt. And now David Hilger. Now, I'm taking this, folks, from October, November 1969 uh, magazine, The Frontier Times. So this is an old, old magazine, but I find they have some really good stories. Oh, yeah. So this is written by a guy named, uh, well, let's see, where is it? Uh, this is written by a guy named Charles McAdams, but this Hilger guy, although uh, David Hilger, a young man, uh, uh, the son of the other guy, who was only nine years old at the time, but he says he remembered vividly the rest of his life how band music had prevented a massacre of his father's train. Holy and he wrote and deposited the historical account of that event in the library uh, archives. And he did that in 1925 through 1937. Wow. So I, I place a lot of credibility in this story coming from a, an eyewitness that was there. And every one of the band members that was playing threw their instruments away after that. They were sick <laughs> of music. <laughs> As were probably the immigrants. Did they play, I'm, I know you probably don't know this, but did they play through the entirety of having these that's Indians what here? The, that's what the story indicates, that Holy they just kept going. Smokes. Now, you know, I would think trying Oom, to go ba, through ba, the whole ba, night, ba, they, ba. they had to trade off or oh slow down, you know, have a few trumpet solos or something. Yeah. But uh, anyway, the, so the story is, the, and the band played on. And that really is the title. That's the, yep, and the wow. band played on. I'll show you a little picture here. Of course, it's just a, just a drawing, but, you know, you can see kind of a little bit of oh what it might have looked it, like, yeah. you know. But, I mean, you talk about a scary situation. Yeah. But, wow. But that's, yeah, that's the name of the story. 
And there's a picture of the band. Oh, my goodness sakes. And the band played on. Now, this was uh, back in about what time, you said? Uh, what year? What did I tell you? 1867? Oh, my goodness sakes. Yeah, 1867, up there in Montana along the Milk River. which So, uh, roughly 10 years before Custer. Yeah, I believe that Pretty was. Pretty close, yeah. 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 But... Uh, yeah, that's and there are still Indian reservations right there. My dad was born right up in there by the Milk River, a place called Harlem. And there's, but I'm not sure what the tribe is that is on the reservation right there. That is a good story. Yeah, that's a good story with a good finish. Yes, a happy ending. And the band played. And the band on. played on, Zeb. And there you have Doctor History. I'll tell you what, award-winning Doctor History, and brought to you by Burley Veterinary Hospital with Doctor Scott Morley, award-winning. Veterinarian and his great staff at Burley Veterinary Hospital at 2869 Overland in Burley. Don't forget, they are your family veterinarian for all animals, large and small. You get a hold of them today, 6785509. Burley Veterinary Hospital bringing you, my dear friend, Dr. History. Hey, you know what next week is? Fair and rodeo time. You're going to be there. Oh, and you know what, Zeb? Huh? They're going to have maple bars again. Oh. And uh, uh, actually, my family, my brother and his kids and grandkids, are going to be making the maple bars. Really? Yeah. Which means that you could possibly get a hold of some, put them in your freezer, and bring them over. And put some bacon on it. I would think that'd be a great idea. (laughs) I love that. I'll see what I can do. Oh, you're the man. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.